Welcome to another episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. We are the show that takes you behind the casting room doors and fills your ears with a wondrous plethora of audition mishaps, disasters, funnies and tales. I'm Christopher Bartlett-Walford, your host for the show, and each week a guest from the entertainment world of theatre, TV, film or comedy or anything else joins us and delves into the listener's submission pile. This week it's an absolute belter and we are joined by the wonderful Michelle Payne. She's the artistic director of the fabulous Casper Arts. She's a writer, a producer, director, an actor in her own right. And we thought she'd be brilliant to join us and tell us some tales from both sides of the audition table. As you're listening to the show, make sure you tweet us. We are at Don't Call Us Pod and that's all social media. Tweet along. We love to hear your reactions as you listen to it. And there are some belting stories in this week's show as well. And also... Email us your story submissions, things that happen to you. If you think you've got a better one than you hear today, I absolutely want to hear it. We are at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. I can't wait for you to listen to the show, so let's get into it. We always start the episode by asking our guests what auditions mean to them. So I think auditions, auditions used to mean to me, I did a hell of a lot of drama school auditions um, <laughs> when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, so I think I always revert back to that kind of 17 year old state of fear. <laughs> I don't I don't know who I am and I don't know what they're looking for and I really want to be a good actor and I thought I had to speak with an RP accent and kind of have a Shakespeare voice. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's what auditions used to mean to me, was that kind of just a set state of being afraid. But now, <laughs> but now moving moving forward, um, again, I, I still occasionally I still get auditions through. And I, I used to always be angry with people who said they love auditions. It used to make me really angry. <laughs> but now I am one of those people. I love, I love auditioning. I love showing off. I love it. Um, kind of, well, that is what it is, isn't it? Like, we're showing off, really. It's my time, because yeah. you're putting yourself in front of strangers who have invited you to do so. Yeah. They're, they're literally saying, and, you know, when we're casting, we're literally saying, show me what you got. Yeah. But I yeah. find, I well, not anymore, but I used to find that so intimidating because I know that everyone else is there to show off as well. And I'm, I'm one of those kind of extrovert, uh, introverted extroverts. Like, I, I know... I know that's my job and I know that's what I have to do when I'm, you know, whether I'm leading a, a jazz band or I'm on stage singing a solo with a piano or hosting a nightclub or whatever. I know that's my job, but I hate the fact that that's how I have to be because I am the kind of person to just sit and do nothing in the corner of an audition and, you know, wait my turn quietly. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of had not acknowledged that that was why, but that is always the thing. You're there to show off and you should be okay in doing that because everyone else is in the same situation <laughs> yeah of course and like if you're right for the part you're yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be good you know that's, that's gonna be you're gonna showcase you and what you're good at the one thing I don't like is group auditions oh and it's, it's yeah probably different. um I don't really I've had a couple of like fringe musical auditions <laughs> over the years um which are a different story but obviously as as like a, an actor very much an actor depending on the style of the show sometimes you have those crazy group auditions where you get split up and especially I've done a lot of children's theatre so it's like making puppets out of yeah 
paper with a group and like it's just I'm always like why are we doing this I had to do I had to do and, and it was the first audition that I'd done in a, a really long time but on paper it was I was right for it and it was a it was a very short job it fitted in with a gap in my schedule about a year or so ago and I thought do you know what I put myself out there sent stuff in got called in brilliant arrived there wrong session they called me in for the wrong session so I was like, oh. oh no and I, but I knew I couldn't do the afternoon so it was a morning afternoon I knew I couldn't do the afternoon so immediately I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god because that's the way my anxiety goes I'm like I've gone I've got wrong no you haven't got wrong they've got wrong <laughs> it's fine but it was something to do with the gallery and it was a really like looking back on it it was so much fun but the panic set in because I wasn't that like super confident person within this context it was a, a very um specific type of dance that you had to do very period dance with partners like um oh, not even like a square dance but like a, a very partnery folky dance very kind of tudory it wasn't that but it was that kind of genre and the second part of the audition because it was a group audition um and being very much a musical theater performer it threw me was uh, we had to recreate a tableau of a very famous painting <laughs> that we had researched, but right. it was a bit too physical theatre for me, and I really struggled. And I think I was a bowl of fruit. I think I ended oh. up <laughs> curling myself in a ball <laughs> and just as a ball of fruit, a bowl of fruit, while other people with these beautiful kind of period characters and stuff. And and it was it, it was the first audition, let alone group audition that I'd done in years and I just crumbled. Oh that's goodness great. me. It was, I hope that's on your CV. Yeah, can crumble <laughs> into bowl of fruits. It's highly skilled on Spotlight, it really is. <laughs> but you you're right. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of panic that sets into group auditions, which is funny because you practice lots more stuff within a group in drama school. So you should feel or one should feel more used to that, but you're not. You're not. We said this with Kaylee last week. You can, you can do mock auditions and you can do lots of things, but unless you're actually in that room, in situ, you it's just not the same. How do you run your auditions when you're the other side of the table? What differs between you as a performer in auditions and then you the other side of the table? I being love... in charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I love I love auditioning people. My best thing that I learned from the Mercury Theatre Colchester, who I love so much, was uh, to not sit behind a desk. And again, as as an actor, I appreciated that so much when they explained kind of that they have they have the table and it has all the it has the papers on it. We have the spotlights, notepads, laptops, whatever we need is on that table. But we sit in front of it and we are engaged with who is coming into the room. Um, and yeah, so that is something I've carried forward uh, into, into when I auditioned for Casper Arts, my acting school. Um, I, have, I have the desk there, but I try and sit kind of to the side of it or in front of it. Um, and again, yeah, I guess it depends on kind of the space that you've got in the room, but I always try and have like a little table or a desk out of the way. It's so, so tricky I as well to do that because you, especially if you're trying to go paperless, you need to like you need to be engaged with that person's cv and obviously you know who's coming in the room anyway but it's that's it's so hard to keep that going but it's i i, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say i did it without a desk whenever i'm casting i always have the desk but i always try and make sure i, I absolutely don't look down i'm always looking at the people looking at the performers um and and just like you said in, in making it's an easier connection engaging and it's a, it's letting the performers know 
you have my time now as much as you know like we've just said everyone's stressed when you go into a call meeting especially if you've never met the people before so that acknowledgement of this is your time you now show me that and a simple thing about not being behind a desk that's a genius move and and actually looking back on it not one that I think I've experienced very much as a performer and and certainly not myself but at least looking up is good I always had sweets on the table I would I would always if they if they came in and auditioned for me if a performer came in and auditioned for me doesn't matter how it went take some Haribo yeah yeah I auditioned for um it was a show uh upstairs at the gatehouse and they had in in the recalls they had chocolates on the table and I was like oh my god chocolates are they going to offer me one but what happens when they offer me one I say oh no thank you because all of a sudden I'm really polite I was like no it's back to that RP accent again no 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 (laughs) but yeah as soon as I walked in I was like they they've got chocolates I hope they're for us and then when they offered it (laughs) you spotted them (laughs) <laughs> of course I did, literally. I, that's Zoom, yeah, laser so vision. <laughs> There's the yeah. snacks. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm all for I'm all for sweets and chocolate. I always found as well because I cast for a lot of children's theatre as well, is that instead of preparing script, I would always get people that there'd be sides when whenever they arrived to audition for us, but instead of that, I'd actually as part of the prep for the audition process, uh, I'd I'd if there was a song to sing, I'd make sure because um, we use tracks because a lot of the shows that we we cast were to back in tracks so we'd yeah. send them 10 different tracks uh in one column 10 different tracks in another column they had to choose and it was verse and a chorus so it was minimal they were all pop songs from the top 40 they'd choose one from one tr- side one from the other side and then one free choice as well so and we and you know it, it was stuff that most people would have known at least one of them and then we said, if, if you only know one of them, just let us know. That's fine. And then uh, what I would do is they'd have sides when they got there, but we'd ask them to prepare a joke. Because a lot of people still struggle a lot with sides and, and, and certainly anyone, anyone with any kind of reading difficulty or anything like that to, uh, to try and allocate some allowance for that. The joke was actually what was more important, because I found that when people were telling me a joke that they knew back to front, they were just instantly more relaxed. But you got that character. You got that telling a story that you wanted from the script. If they were being a, a prince or a princess or a pirate or, you know, an animal or something. I, I found that telling us a joke was so much of a better way of getting them to perform for us. And then you could go into the script and just say, just, t- just read it like you were doing the joke. So I found that was quite a good thing. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so the first one comes in, and it's a nice zinger, um, and it's for um, an, uh, an actor who was auditioning for a musical in the West End. And he says, one audition I had, the casting director spent it on his phone the entire time whilst I was singing. I left the audition, called my agent, who asked how it went. I said, well, not brilliantly, to which my agent replied, I know that. I just got a text while you were singing to never bring that song to an audition ever again. That's a bit oh. harsh. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? While he was singing. <laughs> While he was singing, he was there texting the agent saying, tell him not to do that ever again. Oh, I don't want to know what song it was now. That is horrendous. The thing is, that yeah. kind of story is wonderful, but awful. But there's so many questions I have now. What was the song? Did you swear in it? Was it offensive? Was it just not to that person's taste? Did you balls it up? Who knows? I did once hear a... Uh... 
an audition sing uh, don't stop me now and it was it it was please stop him now it was oh no <laughs> i think it was 10 a.m <laughs> just that, i mean that's know, early <laughs> some songs and some actors at 10 a.m just don't just don't gel um <laughs> It Neither was just don't stop. I I need to I need to be at least eleven o'clock at night to do don't stop me now. That's <laughs> that's that's like a, a literal eleven o'clock number for me at the club. Uh, if I'm hosting at, at Sing Easy and I'm someone requests don't stop me now, I, I put it much 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 further back in the playlist. I'm like yeah, we'll do yeah. it. It's it's coming up. I promise. Thinking I've got warmer. I've got to do much more singing before I go out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any anything Freddie, and it's ten forty five or later. I'm sorry. <laughs> Something we got taught when when I was in drama school way back in the day was uh, find your voice in the room. And that's not just uh, your singing voice, your speaking voice. So when you're saying hello to the, the wonderful people on the panel, actually use the time when you're saying hello and introducing yourself to sound yourself out in the room, your volume, uh, your pitch, everything. Because the acoustics of every room, if you certainly if you haven't been in the room before, can really, really throw you. We've heard before in the show how a simple bit of reverb or echo within the natural walls of a room can really can really throw you off key wise and volume wise and pace wise so it's a really good tip that i was taught is sound yourself out in the room from the first second that you start speaking and actually make a little bit more conversation if you if you do need to settle because that's that first initial 30 seconds where your nerves are absolutely mad if you can just kind of grab yourself and and calm yourself before you go into whatever material it is if you have the time I always find that being a really good, a helpful thing. We're good with all the tips today. I quite like yeah, that. That is really helpful. I've not heard that before. Mine yeah. is to find your light in the room. I always try and find where the Perfect. light is. Perfect. Um, That's just you. Yeah. That's not auditions anyway, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just me in every room I enter. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you staring at the window? It, I just I just need to. <laughs> just so radiant. <laughs> but yeah, I found that being I found that to be really helpful and actually and certainly singing, um, you know, often with a piano in quite an echoey space uh, as somebody with a bit more of a, a lower range voice. Sometimes if I need the voice to carry and I need my uh, when, I, you know, certainly my speaking voice as well. And that my, you know, the timbre of a voice is just going to kind of blur into the echo a little bit. Just finding that the right projection for the room that you're in is, is a really important thing. So maybe it was that. Maybe he just said, don't do that in an audition again. And actually he was just going, and he couldn't understand a word. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we had another quick fire one come in uh, from an actor. And this, as, as a glasses wearer, I can only appreciate this girl's story. <laughs> so, so clear in my head, this one. She says, I once auditioned in front of an agent panel and for some reason decided that not wearing my necessary prescription glasses would land me the agent. I started my scene and walked straight into a chair that had been left by the previous actor. <laughs> I, I then walked behind a pillar for at least two whole sentences, and when I crossed back in front of the panel, proceeded to hit the same chair for a second time. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm still unrepresented. Oh, oh, oh no. Just for pure comedy value. Yeah. If, <laughs> unless it was a really tragic Shakespearean scene that she turned into a farce from noises off. I'm not sure. 
behind oh. a pillar is quite impressive. I can understand not seeing the chair in front of you. Certainly, if you know, you really need your glasses and your, your eye levels at the you know out into the distance, as one often does uh, in a scene. But behind a pillar for two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you can imagine the panel being sat there like, "Where's she gone? Yeah. Where they gone?" Boo! <laughs> there she is. <laughs> so tell me of a time when you were auditioning as an actor that something didn't quite land, it didn't quite go the way that you expected it to, something didn't sit as you wanted. Tell me of one of yours. Yeah, I feel like I've been quite lucky with I've had relatively normal audition experience. Nah, they all say that when we start the show. <laughs> They'll come out, don't worry. Yeah, maybe they will. One one where I felt like an idiot, where I was sat in the little foyer area, and it was for a it was for an immersive it was for an immersive show. And oh, I, I already love it because I can already yeah. imagine it just as it looks. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, absolutely nuts. So obviously I'm a bit there like, oh, what wacky things are they going to make us do anyway? <laughs> um, and and they came out and there was only six of us for this one part. So already I'd been really narrowed down. So I've got a one in six chance of getting this job right. So already it's going for me. Um, and they, to, in, in my, in my defence, I hadn't, I hadn't had my hair done in a really long time because I've been so busy and usually I have fresh highlights. My mum's a hairdresser, so I usually have fresh highlights. Uh, and a lady came out and looked, looked at us all, really looked at me and then was like, please, can you get out your headshots so we know like who each of you are so that you're holding your headshots. And, well, it's like and a chorus line. I, I love it. Literally. And as I got one out, I looked up and all five girls looked like me, except me. <laughs> <laughs> my headshot except like I, I just literally looked nothing nothing and I thought oh my god that is the lady was looking at me because I don't look like any of these girls and they must think I've got the wrong time and they did actually make me re read for another part <laughs> at, at the end at the end they were like please can we keep Michelle Payne and I was like oh really cool and they were like oh we're not sure, uh, like, we really like you, but we're not sure this part we've brought you in for. Can you instead read for the librarian? <laughs> I was like... Yeah. It says here that you're meant to have a perm. Literally <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. It says you're bleach blonde and you have <laughs> brown hair. Yeah. The blue Mohican has given you away. No. <laughs> I'm sorry to say you're the one of the six that hasn't got the job. No. Literally, oh, so no. But it, it, it goes back to such an important thing. I, I can't stress this enough. You must look like your headshot. Please yes. keep your head as much as you can. Keep your headshots up to date, <laughs> and get your mum to do your highlights. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah, mum. <laughs> hey, it's looking good in lockdown. You're looking fine. Yeah. Well, I'm isolating with my mum. Oh, that's cheating, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably the like the only person in the world who's got like gorgeous hair. <laughs> I'm thrilled. All of my zooms, everyone's like, "You look amazing." <laughs> <laughs> It's because you're putting different wigs on for it. You know, you can change your background. You're just changing your hair. This next story that came in is an absolute horror show for one very specific reason. If you're listening to this and you're having a breakfast or your dinner, you might want to just pause for a second and listen a little later. Oh, uh, no. buck get, you get, buckle up, Shell. This is... Oh, my God. We'll, yeah, we'll have a chat after this. <laughs> so, this is from a singer who sends this in 
uh, and apologises in advance. <laughs> Great. I was invited to audition for a production that would mean me spending a summer singing in and touring a show around some beautiful Scottish castles. I did my research and it seemed to be a very grown-up kind of show. Recitals, a little poetry and some classical crossover music alongside some classic musical theatre. When the audition came, it was a really hot May day. Like, really hot. And I was living down in Kent at the time and had to travel by train to the studio in South London. When I read the address, it seemed to be about a mile away from the nearest station. So I thought it was such a nice day, I'll walk it when I get there. I left Kent and travelled on my way. As it was a smart show, I'd elected for a shirt and suit trousers, so I looked the part. Now, where the studio was meant that I had to do that annoying journey into London Bridge only to change and go out the other side and head towards this leafy suburban southwest London area. It took ages to do, but it was necessary if I wanted to get there, which I did. I wanted the job. I needed a wee when I got to London Bridge, but not enough to go there and then, so I got on the next train and headed out. Whilst we were on the train, there was a significant delay on the line, so I was now running behind schedule. I called ahead as, you know, this wasn't my fault, and they were in fact running about half an hour behind, so they said, take my time, there was no rush. Now, being one to get there in as much time as possible, I left straight from the station when I arrived and walked to the venue. I still needed a wee, but uh, the need had gotten stronger on the delayed train, but the delay had gotten worse. So now I had not much time to waste and sped walk my way to the studio. I could just go as soon as I got there. It wasn't far. The heat had gotten worse and wearing suit trousers and a shirt was starting to be a bad idea. I'd started sweating pretty badly. No worries, I thought. It's a rehearsal studio. There'll be changing rooms. I can freshen up before I sing. There'll be toilets. It'll all be fine. I wasn't feeling great at this point and annoyingly had exhausted my supply of water, which in turn hadn't helped my bladder, he says. <laughs> As I walked, I noticed the need for the loo intensify to quite a painful stabbing in my tummy, and, if we're being completely honest, and this is where he says, I'm sorry, turn into a much more pressing bathroom matter. Oh no. I felt quite ill indeed, and really, really needed to get to a toilet. Again, no worries, the studio was just around the corner now, according to Google Maps. I arrived at the postcode and the address, and it seemed to be just a suburban street. No studios in sight. Now, at this point, my stomach was causing me real, real discomfort. I knew I'd have to pay a visit to the facilities before I sang anything. I could barely walk at this point. I called the contact number and questioned if I was in the right place, and they said, yes, just ring the bell at number 42. I found 42 and rang the bell. When the lady answered the door, my heart sank as I realised. The studios was in fact someone's house. Just a house. She'd opened the door to see someone covered in sweat, both by heat and panic, running really late by this point, and who, she didn't realise, really needed the loo. Badly. Come on in, don't worry. You've got about ten minutes to go. You can relax. We've only just got back on track. She said. Oh, good. I sighed. I just need to go to the loo first. Uh, which way is the bathroom? Just up the stairs, she said. But there's someone in there at the moment. You'll have to wait. I panicked even more. I looked up the stairs to where she pointed, and there were signs on two doors on the landing. One door said toilet, and the next door said studio. As I was looking, a person came out of the studio and walked down the stairs, 
past the toilet. Uh-oh. I waited for the person to finish in the loo, and when they came out, he stopped to wish me the best of luck, say the panel were absolutely lovely, and it's one of his nicest experiences at a casting he's ever had. He was lovely. He actually just left the building straight after this, so I ran straight to the toilet and, and he quotes, sorted myself out. <laughs> Without going into too much detail, it was a terrible moment. <laughs> my, my stomach pain had manifested itself in quite the scene, he says. <laughs> he's, he's, he's written this brilliantly. This is where it gets a bit gross, anyone eating? Sorry. I needed Febreze, a candle, anything, a window. A window! Excellent! I spotted there was a window to open. Phew! I went to open it, undid the latch, and pushed at the window, and it opened about two millimetres. I struggled and struggled, and it didn't budge an inch. All the while, the um, fragrance filling the small cubicle toilet on the landing next to the room I then had to singing was getting worse. I had no choice other than to leave the toilet in a much worse state than I had found it and close the door super fast and hope it didn't escape. <laughs> oh my god. I exited the loo as fast as I could and made my way downstairs to the living room, which was the waiting room. As I got to the bottom of the stairs, appeared the casting director. It was her house, as she needed the toilet and needed to pass me. I instantly went bright red. I knew what awaited her. I can't keep a straight face, Shell. Oh my god. <laughs> Painful. It sounds like it was. <laughs> I sit down in the lounge on the sofa and focused on my music, getting my sheet music in order and just concentrating as hard as I could on what I had to do for the audition, trying not to look up and acknowledge the slow creeping scent that had followed me down the stairs. I heard a flush and realised the lady who'd gone in after me was about to return. She came down the stairs so fast and walked quickly past me without a glance and headed straight to her colleague sat in the kitchen and talked to her clearly about the smell. It was horrific. By now, it had pretty much filled the house. <laughs> <laughs> she looked over at me, paused, looked back at her colleague, and they both giggled, but looked severely concerned. What could I do? They clearly knew it was me. Without thinking, I blurted out, uh, the, the smell was there before me. It must have been the guy who left it, the one in the blue shirt. Isn't it grim? They burst out loud laughing and moved to open the window. Oh, thank goodness. We were worried it was you and we'd have to ask you to leave. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, my God. I went redder and redder. I just blamed the really polite guy who'd wished me all the best <laughs> on this absolute abomination that had happened in the bathroom. And filled the house like a smoke bomb. I felt awful. I went up to the studio, sang my songs and left the house slash studio as fast as I could back into the heat to walk back to the station. I've never been more mortified than this and have kept this secret close to my chest for nearly 10 years. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's I, I didn't get the gig and have never been to a castle in Scotland to sing and I always make sure that if I need the loo, I go way before I arrive. I'm not risking that again. Oh, my God. That is horrendous. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm oh. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just cannot do anything but apologise that poor person. That is so sorry. Oh, God. That was a, that was a journey. 
that's oh my god i just yeah i was with i was with them every step of the way i hope you weren't with them every step of the way goodness me (laughs) (laughs) horrendous what do you do the thing is though like and again like oh plays such a part on your bowels don't it so like i should imagine the more stressed you're getting with being late the worse it's going to be like you know, when mental things kind of physicalise. And the heat and the oh, stress oh, and the oh, panic. Oh. It all... Now... And they blame that poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he didn't get the job. Oh, did. Well, I, I, that's what... We, I made my email this person back and say, do you know who got the job? <laughs> got it. That poor guy. Now, as someone, as someone who suffers from stomach complaints every now and again, as a member of the IBS club... Um, I can completely appreciate the situation that that actor was in. However, I don't think I've ever been in quite that bad of a situation myself. Oh. So we've learned to always carry Febreze in our bags. Right? Yeah, and Imodium, I think, as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh my God, but to, to prepare your mind and go, it's all right, it's a studio, it says studio, it says studio. And then to turn up and it just be a house... Oh my goodness! I'm pro- I'm sweating now more than I think that person was sweating just from yeah. reading that out. Sorry to disgust you somewhat, Shell, but <laughs> bless. I mean, what a story! What a tale! I wonder if the casting team sent an email to the other person's agent saying he was very lovely, but he needs to go to a doctor. I <laughs> <laughs> really think you shouldn't have come in today. <laughs> have Have nerves ever played a part in any of your auditions? Like, to an extent that you (laughs) have needed a shower. (laughs) As a director now, thinking more the other side of the table, have you had any instances where something has happened that has just derailed the day or derailed the audition and let it fall into just one of those stories that you go through at the pub with your fellow panellists? Um. Again, I think, oh, we had an awful one. We, yeah, we had an awful one. Uh, female, all female creative team. Brilliant. And yeah, brilliant. And That's I'm great. sure a lot of female, yeah, oh, it was, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I'm sure a lot of female creators will agree. And it's not always the case. And it's, but there are some male actors or male creatives who, who, and I don't even think they know they're doing it, but like there's a level of, respect for a female creative team that some some male actors maybe don't have oh i don't think it's conscious it do you know what it's probably deep within them and they don't even realize it yeah that's the worst bit anyway yeah so i was i was directing uh the playwright is next to me uh and the uh, co-writer is next to me and they're both uh producing and we we are we've got our female part we're just we're just looking for the male part, one male part. It's a two-hander. Um, so we've I reckon we maybe saw fifteen people in the day. About halfway through, a guy comes in, does his stuff, and I was like, okay, cool. Like he's a bit cocky, but like he's quite good. So I think, how is he with with me? Like, does he respond to direction? Does he respond to my direction? Can we have like a dialogue between us where we're going to work well together? Um, so I can't, I can't remember what note I gave. And he basically was like, no, I didn't see it like that. <laughs> and I was like, what? 
yeah so yeah I was like okay obviously you you obviously know better seeing as you've had the script for 10 minutes and I've directed this before already but oh um (laughs) and then he said uh obviously um if you were to offer me once we got in the rehearsal room there's stuff in the script I would really like like to work through with you to the writer he was like there's some stuff that just I don't think he would say are you joking? No. And we'd got four stars in the Daily Express, like in a national newspaper, like we, and we were going to Edinburgh Fringe with it. Yeah, like he just was like, guys, I know this character really well. I can fix the script for you. Michelle, don't worry about directing me because I've got, like, it was. Are you joking? So imba- it was so embarrassing. That's, and, that's um, unbelievable. Yeah, and I, I basically, I shut him down there and then, uh, as, as he said to the writer, like, I'm really happy to help you with this script. Um, yeah, I was like, that won't be necessary from our actors. Thank you very much. We've got time now for myself and, and the writer to work on the script. Um, yeah, wow. it's not necessary. Thank you very much. And again, like, I'm all for a collaboration, as, as many of my actors will tell you. I love again, oh, actually, can we make this line this? What do you think about this? I'm all for a collaboration. But he point blank was like, I have some amendments. In the audition. I've, I've got some notes for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. To the writer. Was that the oh. first round as well? Was that the first, first time you'd round. met them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a pillock. Horrendous. It was awful. You... And literally, I think in his feedback, I, I did say something like... Um, no. <laughs> Yeah, just I the was, word I no. Like, yeah, because we we endeavoured to give like a line of feedback to everybody, um, and yeah, for him we were just like, unfortunately, uh, I think we said something like it was like we were really, uh, we're not one hundred percent sure that the project is right for you, seeing as you felt the need to like question the creative team, kind of. That's horrendous. Uh, like with your audition, in like again, if it had been asked in a really positive excited way of like how do you see the script developing or but and, yeah, and no. you say something maybe oh I'd, I'd love to contribute to the character in as many ways as i can yeah Posi- positive that, but, because but that's when... what the that's kind of what the process is as a rehearsals uh you know yeah. it, especially if it's a two-hander it's gonna clearly be all about a chemistry as well you don't say I don't <laughs> like your script. It's r- I need to change yeah, it. Also, like if if you don't like the script, why are you auditioning? Why are you auditioning? Audition? Why are you yeah. auditioning? Ridiculous. I I <laughs> do, I am genuinely speechless. What on <laughs> earth do they think they're playing at? Yeah, it was horrendous. And again, I just I like and there's not many people that I'm like I will never see them again. <laughs> but I will never see him again. <laughs> oh no, I br- I'd bring him in for every audition I was ever doing. Just to see if he thought the scripts were up to scratch every time. <laughs> this Noel Coward play, I think there could be some improvements. So I've done a draft. Here we go. Yeah, I've just fixed it for him. Just fixed it. <laughs> I did also have, and this one was really cute and really endearing. I did have um, a student once ask me straight after the audition how they did. Oh, how how did you and it was how did you think that went and it was like I'd done my whole thank you so much I'll be emailing within the next seven to ten days um we've just got time to like have a look through see we want to make sure that we've got yeah. the best class I'd done my my spiel I'm saying goodbye and as as I was showing them out they turned around and said but, but how did you think I did oh. and I was like 
oh I was like please don't ask that <laughs> I was like please please don't ask that I was like you like you were doing so well I was like I know this is a new environment for you I was like but own own what you've done be be happy with what you've yeah. done it's about you at the end of the day it when you're when you're so early on in your career as well you and you meet new people in a panel or you meet people you know even if it's you you have a, a, a wonderful runner that takes you to the room and introduces you with such passion and joy for for new people in the room I remember that I mu I mean I must have and I'm sure a lot of people have been in that situation you go immediately they pick you up at the door and you go oh goodness me they were hard work today it will get back to them as well yeah, and it's the kind of thing yeah. you don't mean any nastiness by it or you, you you might go oh i don't think they liked me very much they'll they'll be told uh so don't ask the person who was auditioning you how you did as you leave the room <laughs> don't yeah, no. don't do that just say thank you leave and they'll talk about you and they'll like you and they'll remember what you did in the room because now that's what you'll remember about that person So we have to remind ourselves that it's not only in auditions that sometimes things go wrong, it's on stage that things go wrong as well. And as a director yourself, Shell, I know obviously there's, there's I'm sure there's a couple of things that you've had in productions where things have uh, failed to uh, adhere to protocol and maybe made the show report. So <laughs> I think this one um, that sent him... Uh, will definitely have made the show report. Uh, he says, uh, The story begins with an all-black head-to-toe costume, a theatre full of screaming kids, giant animal puppets, and a makeshift wings, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> when I was on the national tour of a beloved children's book adaptation, I'd been hired as one of the two puppeteers for the show. Our costume was a pair of skin-tight black leggings, black knee pads, long sleeve black shirt, and a black balaclava. I truly was a sight to behold. <laughs> we were about halfway through our run of 32 venues. We found ourselves at the Forum Theatre in Malvern. For this show, we had seven rather large purpose-built crates that housed large animal puppets. We needed quite a lot of wing space. We'd got used to utilising space backstage, overcoming the two steepest rake theatres in the country. Uh, and he says, he names them as well. <laughs> However, upon arriving... We saw that the Forum Theatre was a lovely space, but the only issue was there were no wings whatsoever. I can only assume that it's usually used as a concert hall. Now, for most of the morning, we managed to fashion some wings out of two or three large black cloths, a prayer and a belief in the magic of theatre. The show opens with one of the crates centre stage with the show sign attached. As it's wheeled off, I was in the wings, waiting to guide it into place. Is the first crate to come back on stage as it has the first animal inside. Now the show sign had to be taken off before it could go on again and we had about a 40 second turnaround to get it off, fold it up and push the crate back on. Usually I had about a meter or so of space to move and get the sign off. At the forum I had to go on my tiptoes because there was absolutely no space. The makeshift black curtain was pressed up against the side of the crate. That was all that was shielding me from 400 screaming children and their parents. During our pre-show setup, a part of the black curtain had lipped itself onto a part of the stage flooring. The flooring that, you guessed it, I would be standing on trying to fold the show sign up. As I was unhooking the sign from the crate on my tiptoes, my feet went from underneath me and the curtain under my feet jolted forwards. There was a brief moment when the entirety of my body weight was being suspended by this curtain attached to a rail. 
<laughs> Suddenly, the curtain gave way and swung out not only to reveal the first crate of the show, but also me, clad in full black balaclava ninja costume, falling back off the stage and off a four-foot drop. Oh, my God. Oh, no. As I landed on my back, the actors on stage furiously tried to distract the audience <laughs> away from me and the crate. I got up in quite a lot of pain and drew the curtain back over the crate. We had a stage left wing once more. Yeah, because that's the important thing, isn't it? <laughs> Not oh your health God. and safety. I then tried to, as surreptitiously as possible, vacate the audience space and head backstage. <laughs> when I arrived, I just sat on the steps with my head in my hands and all my fellow castmates could do was laugh. Needless to say, I was given some rather strong painkillers and took a trip to Malvern's A&E. Just your average day in a life of an actor on tour. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> God, what a journey. See, you can go through loads of auditions, get the job, and then it falls to pieces when you're in yeah. Malvern. That's the thing, we fight so hard to get these roles, and then when we do get them, we <laughs> fall. <laughs> oh, goodness. I did... If you were a child in that show, and I won't name what production it was, and you're there, and it's a story that you know because you've been read by your parents, and your parents <laughs> were probably read it by their parents... And then all of a sudden, this actor completely in, like, shadow costume comes, <laughs> falls into the audience, <laughs> exposing an integral part of the play. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't think anything like that's happened on stage. I was in a, I was in a, not to me anyway, I was in a show once. I think it was a pantomime. Well, it must have been a pantomime to have this. And we had a giant. It was Jack of the Beanstalk, because it was. Um, and it, we had a like a, a a proper giant, but it was a guy in stilts. Yep. Inside yep. the giant, it was probably the same one that everyone's had. He fell over in the scene <gasps> before, but nobody could get him back up. <laughs> yeah, because it's that costume's heavy, isn't it? It's it heavy. To be like a big guy. Yeah, that does it, it takes about fifteen yeah. minutes to get him in. Yeah, yeah. The, the curtain flew up, and there's this giant just flailing <laughs> around on the floor. <laughs> Awful. Yeah, and that's not the scary climax you want for your show, is it? Well, it depends what kind of Jack and the Beanstalk you're going for. But yeah, oh, he's killed already. Let's just all head to the bar and have double the interval drinks. There we go. Dead. <laughs> Has there been a time where it's gone wrong uh, in a show you've directed in or uh, performed or anything like that? Um, I guess my most recent my most recent thing is, and if there's any assistant directors listening, they'll probably know that every now and then, if, if people are sick, you end up in a costume somehow. <laughs> oh, oh, so many times. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this Christmas, our Prince Charming was poorly. Um, so we had two swings, a male and a female swing. So the male swing was on Prince. And there was, um, oh yeah, and our Cinderella went sick the same day. This is why, yeah, this is why I was on. Something's was going like, around there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it was only Christmas. We never know. Oh no! Uh, yeah, and uh, so both both our swings were on, and obviously I directed the swings. So I was it like I was backstage helping Cinderella find her entrances, and we got to the uh, goblins. We got to the goblin scene, uh, scaring the ugly stepsisters, and we yeah we basically realised that um, our Cinderella wouldn't have time to get changed into the goblin to then get changed back into Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm in this fat, this green fat suit with uh, this 
plastic like mask and I'm running <laughs> the stage wiggling my arms and I'm bumping into the set and I'm bumping, <laughs> into, the tents, I'm bumping into the wings um so yeah that was I mean and again that was a last minute thing obviously you don't have any rehearsals for being the emergency goblin that's the um, thing you 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 might have assistant on you might have assisted on the show you might have directed the show on your own <laughs> but if you then have to step into the show terrifying absolutely terrifying yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a show once that i was I, I directed it cast it and i'd actually written it as well um i write shows uh for um preschool children so it's their first show that they've ever been to amazing a lot of the time they're based within this beautiful kind of mystical nursery rhyme world uh this particular show was like a sequel so the people that had had the show visit them before booked it again and then had like a direct carry on which was lovely the day of and it was you know bear in mind these shows went into nurseries so inevitably the start times would be about nine o'clock in the morning about five o'clock in the morning i got a call saying that one of our actors couldn't do the show but the problem oh was <laughs> it was an actor musician trio and he played the guitar very well i play some guitar three chords <laughs> i wish i wish i could do three. Oh no oh, i could play no. it like a drum so <laughs> so i i turn up at the at the, the school or the nursery or whatever it was to do it the two actors are like what we oh where's the uh the guy i'm like it's me <laughs> i'm doing it they went oh sorry it sounds funny but do you know it and i went no let's see what happened <laughs> We'll I managed back. to get through it because there was enough time on and off. But every nursery rhyme that we sang was in the same key with the same two chords. Oh, my God. Hilarious. But, but what do you do? Like, otherwise, you the show wouldn't have happened. So... Exactly. They had something. They've got to remember it. I've just thought of another one where things have gone wrong. Brilliant. During an immersive show. <laughs> I... <laughs> I love it. You love your immersive. I love it. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I ended up doing. You know, when you just end up kind of once you've got one type of job, and then it, it was really popular in like 2015, kind of immersive theatre. And then from then on, I, I kind of worked the next It's good fun, contracts. isn't it? It's good fun. It was amazing. Uh, but my very, very first contract, obviously, you have to navigate your way around the venue as part of the immersive show. And I had um, Steve Pemberton in, <laughs> in my group and I lost him. <laughs> you lost <laughs> I lost Steve Pemberton and family. I lost them. Um, He's still walking around the vaults now. <laughs> yeah, literally. God, serious. You haven't heard this in a while. Um, but yeah, I know I did. I did find like I put all of my group in the room they were supposed to be, and I was like, I need to go and find Steve Pemberton. Um, and yeah, he was just in the hall, and I did give him quite a stern telling off in character, being like, "It's very important you stick with me." Um, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Did you just tell Steve Pemberton off?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, we just wandering around the vaults." <laughs> and have you been cast in Inside Number Nine yet? Uh, no. <laughs> I think I'm blacklisted. <laughs> You're waiting outside number 10. Bad times, yeah. Just, he's literally like, avoid. avoid her. She's, she's a nightmare, yeah. Absolutely uh, yeah. not. I'm sure he isn't. So before we, before we wrap up, we always ask uh, our guests what their addition to the audition process would be. But I'm really excited to hear what yours would be, considering you're both sides of the table often. Um, I would love uh, 
from being on the other side of the table, I would love to sing a duet with everyone who comes in. Oh my, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, and something probably like a Disney song or it's, something uh, really magical. How did I know you were going to say some Disney? <laughs> it <laughs> runs in the family, doesn't it? <laughs> of course. Yeah, my sister's basically a Disney princess. So. <laughs> Absolutely is. <laughs> um, yeah, I've learned from the best. So uh, what, yeah, what duet would you sing with that guy? <laughs> oh, 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 I would probably sing... Um, Walk out the door. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. turn around now. <laughs> <laughs> or something something like kick-ass female. That's what you want. You want like girl power song or some Spice Girls or something. Let's go yes. with that. Something yes. like, something that's basically flip the bird to him. Off you go. And yeah. <laughs> I, know, say, I know what I'm doing. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you later. So yeah. you'd like to sing a duet with every auditionee. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to the audition process? Um, I think like we discussed at the beginning, sweets and chocolate sweets is, and is chocolate. a plus. Every audition room should have sweets and chocolate. I absolutely love it. Shell, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. It's been really fun. Wow. <laughs> what a ride this week's episode was. Oh my goodness. I am still bright red from reaching out that poor guy's audition when he just needed the loo oh my uh, whoever you were well i know who you are but whoever you are into the world i wish you very very well stomach wise i hope that never happened to you again oh flipping heck if you have a story that you think you want to share with us or you know someone that's told you one of those stories before please, please, please get yourselves or get them to email us. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. Please share your stories with us. We want you guys to be the very backbone of the show. And we want to make this incredible community of people that will go, actually, yeah, I had a really bad one as well. And we've got each other's backs. It doesn't matter if it goes wrong. It's not the end of the world. Oh, my Lord, what a day. <laughs> Thank you so, so much to Michelle. She was absolutely wonderful. Some brilliant insights and stories from both sides of the table. And I hope you guys had as much fun listening to it as we did recording it for you as well. As you know, each week we ask our guests now uh, for two causes that they'd love you to donate to. Obviously, we're free theatre content. We're trying to give everyone a bit of a lift at the moment as we're recording this in lockdown. And should you have the means, we would love you this week to make donations to the Black Ticket Project, and also Mercury Rising for Mercury Theatre. I'll put descriptions and links in the episode description for you, and we'll tweet them out as well on at Don't Call Us Pod, so you have all the information. Like I said, only if you're able, but that is the cause that Michelle, or they are the causes that Michelle would love you to help out. Everyone in theatre land and, and entertainment world and live music needs as much support as they can get. Um, as of recording this, the government haven't stepped forward. So we, you know, let's let's raise those people's voices that need to be heard. Thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please subscribe to the show. If you're on Apple Podcasts, especially, we'd love to have a review of the show. It really helps us reach new people. And I hope you'll agree that all these stories need to reach as many people as possible. Oh, dear. I'm going to go lie down in a shower now, I think. Just thinking about it made me feel all icky. Thank you once again for listening to Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. We have had a wonderful time this week. We will see you again next week uh, with another fantastic episode that is packed full of your audition stories. But until then, keep yourself safe, keep your hands washed and sanitised, wear a mask, and remember, don't call us, we'll call you. Goodbye! Goodbye!